Good evening and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri. And I'm Laura McKillop. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our live weekly Q&A. Tonight we're fortunate enough to be speaking with Tom English from Precision Working Dog. Tom will be picking who he thinks has asked the best question of the night and they will win a bag of Enduro, high energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat. Hey Tom, how's it going? Good, good. How you go? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah. How's your day, mate? Get, getting uh, getting into it? Getting your hands dirty? Yeah, mate, yeah, plenty on today. We drafted up uh, some, some kill cattle, mate. They'll be heading to Scone next week. So, uh, yeah, getting, getting some cattle sorted. And then uh, we're, we're in the process of building a new set of cattle yards here. So, yeah, you can just imagine. She's full on. Glad it's out. It's good. Yeah, happy, mate. Yeah, yeah, plenty on. Plenty on. How, how many um, on station there? Uh, so, like cattle wars, mate, we, we're, um, with, with breeders and engine fat cattle, we're, we're probably, yeah, be up there nearly 2,000 at the moment, uh, on at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's very doable at the moment with the, with the season, the way it's going. But, uh, yeah, we won't always do that, but, uh, just take it as it comes at the moment. It's good. That's again. And how about employees, mate? How many hands around you? Uh, so, uh, so yeah, pretty much up here, mate. We just have uh, myself, another uh, young girl, mate. She works for us too. So, um, yeah, between uh, my partner Haley uh, and our worker Georgie, that's about us, mate. We're three of us here, and yeah, try and get shit done. <laughs> that's the game, <laughs> mate. Do you want to tell us a bit, a little bit about yourself? Uh, where where you from? Where you grew up? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah, uh, Tom English, mate, and uh, I grew up over in the South Burnett, over in the King Roy area. Uh, we we always say King Roy, mate, because if you say in Nango, no one knows where the hell you are. But you know, you can say ten ten minutes <laughs> down the road, and everyone knows where you're at. So yeah, from uh, over around King Roy, mate. Um, yeah, we well, I sort of grew up uh, in, in my younger days, mate. Uh, family-run dairy farm over that way. So, um, yeah, that's where that's sort of our passion for livestock started, or my passion, really, for livestock started. And that's where we did our did all in the South Burnett and uh, grew up there playing footy and and, and carrying on. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of where, where we're from and, and what we're about. Yeah. Beautiful. And you mentioned that you grew up in the property you're on. Is it a family property or...? No, so, so yeah, when I left school, I, I sort of went away. Um, I sort of come west, actually, on this place that I'm on now. And, uh, I work for my partners. Uh, Aunt they had this place that we, we managed now for about 20-odd years. Um, yeah, I did that for probably 12 months, and then I sort of went back, and uh, I took on a job in the oil and gas industry and, and started driving a bit of heavy machinery and, and uh, try to get off and earn some good money and get going. And, and then... Um, it all come to uh, a bit of a point where we had a, we had our, uh, we just had our second child, and uh, yeah, I was working for a company where you didn't really know whether you were coming or going, or um, yeah, where you'd be or when you'd be home next. So it got a bit tough on the on the uh, for Haley at home, uh, being a mother of a of a um, two year old and a, and a newborn, uh, yeah, a second child. 
uh, yeah, we made the choice to, to come back out west here, and it was a uh, yeah. So I, I uh, yeah, I was shooting a few. Actually, I was shooting a few kangaroos out this way, and and it just happened to be that I, I got on. To, um, yeah, very good timing. The day I sent him a message, he was just about to ring a bloke to offer him a manager's job, and he said, "Well, flick me a message, a, a bit of a resume, and we'll go from there." And and yeah, five years later, we're still here. So worked out. Yeah, it was like it was meant to be. Yeah, definitely. Not, not a bad decision getting away from the diggers either, mate. But being there, there's no personality in those buggers. Clean more yeah. and, and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it sort of gets to a point in life where you got to sort of start enjoying what you're doing. And and now yeah, I'm pretty much just a stay-at-home dad. I get to take my kids to work every day and, and they come and learn. And it's it's good. Like we, uh, yeah, we had a job. We had a job on the other day we had um oh we just we've got feet up around our ears and pairs and eggs of us in and not enough cattle so we a rush job we've got a helicopter in. Uh, uh, yeah got all our cows in in one day and uh, yeah she, she was a bit blown away we got a little fella named ned and he's six years old and he sets up and and she was bringing them into the into the coolers he was picking them up and yard and be in the yards drafting them so oh, yeah, we, we, we love it and we uh yeah. It blows us away. Like, uh, yeah, kids are a big sponge, and they just learn and, and they see everything. And and that's the life we wanted to give them. We wanted to make sure they uh, they experience what I experienced as a young fellow, and they grow up to be good, capable workers and know how to work hard and job done. That's good. Yeah, we we love it. Yeah, we, we wake up every day and we enjoy what we do. Whereas when I was driving a grader, it wasn't all the ways that way. It was good sometimes, and yeah, you'd have to deal with some pretty wild stuff at times. 100%. Other people say that's no, good. Especially having your family close as well, mate. That's a big change from, from where you were. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They can't sit on the circle of A frame, can they? Have a greater. No, 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 no. Not with nothing. Definitely not in that gas industry, mate. You can't take your kid to work and, and teach him a trade or anything like that. So, yeah, we thought it was best to come, come west and, um, yeah, we ended up out here, and uh, yeah, we knew the knew the property. I used to come out here, um, we used to, and then I come out here and work for twelve months. So I knew the land, I knew the property, the paddocks, and and how things sort of run here. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it worked out terrific. That's it. Did you say Ned was pushing cattle through the cooler into the yards for you there? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the helicopter pilot, yeah, she she would uh, get them from the paddock and put them into a laneway for us. Yeah, and Ned's got it. We bought him a little CRF. Yeah, he was out there grabbing them out of the lane, mate. And he'd walk them all the way down to the cooler for us, put them in the cooler, and then uh, he set all his guys up for his yards. And as we were drafting the cows from the wieners, he was bringing the next mob in behind us. So, uh, yeah, he's only six. He's a cracker. So I'm pretty impressed name. with that. Well, yeah, I'm very yeah, impressed with that. He's probably there. Oh, sorry, mate. You go. Uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, we, we we sort of find that uh, um, you know with our with our Facebook page, you can upload working and you won't get as many views as we put the the young fellas out there. They're working dogs, and you get two hundred likes, and people just love it. It's just I think kids yeah. are the kids are the uh, they're the draw to the draw card. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Absolutely, and you'd have to have some um, good faith in uh, 
in your stock as well. Yeah, it must be pretty educated stock to have a six-year-old just plodding around behind them. Yeah, yeah, and that's I sort of that that's that's the direction we sort of go with with our schools. So, um, yeah, as much as we like to teach people how to have good, capable dogs, I, I think um, to have good, capable dogs, you really need a well-educated stock. So that, that's sort of uh, one of our. Apart from the dogs, that's our big focus. We we love educating cattle, and and uh, yeah, sort of. I, I love, love unraveling the mind frame of a of an animal and wondering what. Uh, it's mind blowing. Um, you know, talk to people um, that that don't do it the way we do it, and and they come to our schools, and, and they uh, yeah, we run a few weaner edu- education livestock schools as well, and and. Uh, yeah, we've had good success, like people being doing the same way their whole life and they come to our schools. Oh, have you lost him there? Uh, so we were at school the other day and in about six hours we had... You're right, going back. Yep. Not sure where I was up to, but, uh, um, yeah, we're, we're massive on our... Um, on our education program, we, we really love it and we, we enjoy what we do and uh, yeah, um, that's what sort of makes us tick. We we like having good, capable dogs. Uh, we're not trialers by any means, but uh, yeah, we, we love having a good team of dogs that can educate stock and animal on a motorbike and uh, it won't be long before he's got his own team of dogs and doing his own thing. So I mean, keep in mind already, I'm in strife. <laughs> That's the guy. And you're you're saying you had a school there the other day? Yeah, yeah. So we run a we run a um a wiener education school. It might have been two weeks ago at, at our neighbours, and uh, I think we had twelve or thirteen people. It was it was really good, and um, yeah, and it was a good uh, range of people. Um, good range of people that had um, sort of do it out, do it our way, the way we do it, and um, a few people there throughout the school that they lock them up for a week and. They can't work out why they go backwards, and and they they know better than the day that went in there. So yeah, within six hours we had uh, we had these cattle purring along. Yeah, the yards on feed, a few eyes too to to see what you can do with dogs and how quick you can have a livestock. So how do you handle it when you turn up to a school and? The cattle aren't educated to where you want to be. Do you take that school and turn it into a cattle educating, or what sort of? No, so, so uh, I, I really enjoy the weaner schools because I, I don't have to prepare anything. I can turn up there and, and we can go to work on some cattle. Uh, we start with our footwork. Uh, um, yeah, we get everything. Take a lot of uh, we call it and corner settling exercises with the cattle to walk in a in a structured mob uh, we teach cattle to walk forward on on little pressure and that we just do that by uh by a lot of footwork before we even introduce dogs but um and then it's on the dogs and doing lead ups and yard ups different things like that but yeah with, with our with our um with our working dog schools what i have to do is i have to turn up there on a wednesday thursday um before a school and i always ask i say oh, i need 30 head of stock um, and and out of those um, thirty head, I pick five trainers, and and I uh, I wheel them around for a couple of hours on usually on Thursday, um, and just just start to, you can just start to get cattle right um, 
pretty quick in the in the first few hours on the Thursday, and then uh, come Friday Friday morning I might work on Friday morning uh, once at lunchtime, and, and usually I've got a pretty good trainer mob Friday afternoon ready for a Saturday school. So um, yeah, it takes a bit of preparation, but uh, sometimes it's easier to work uneducated stock than uh, try and un unravel someone else's um, uh, creation. I guess is yeah. the yeah. word for it. Does that does that process start from the way you enter the yards, like before you actually walk into into the yard there? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we call it a, a, like a, a flight zone exercise or not. So, um, so yeah, we enter a yard, uh, and, and instead of bombarding cattle and uh, and and making cattle move, we make cattle aware that we're actually in the yard with them, and we we can reduce that flight zone from. Uh, what kind of fresh wean is it within kilometres? And, and we do this exercise where you walk in and you apply pressure to a beast, and when it when it gives you some sort of indication that it's aware of, that you're there, you then back up. So it's, it gives it time to think. Uh, it gives you time to realise that there's someone else here, and, and you just prepare livestock to be actually in the right frame of mind to be moved. Whereas a lot of people, when they go to muster a paddock, they turn up wherever it may be. Whereas uh, we like to turn up there and make cattle aware that we're there, uh, and then uh, get them in the right frame of mind, ready to move, and then we get then we head for the yards, the the cool or whatever it may be. But that that's a big thing to like when when we or anyone enters yards, we should be making cattle alive. So I always say cattle because that's we generally um, that's what we deal with is is cattle on a daily basis, but. Yeah, I'm shocking for it. I always say cattle should be saying livestock. But yeah, cattle, absolutely. Probably cattle are probably at the smarter end of the livestock scale anyway. You go. No, no, you go. I was just saying, I'm from that Ned uh, Kasky's asks, what is the best positioning for two people in a yard of cattle? Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. Thank, thanks for that one, uh, Ned. That's a that's a good question, mate. <laughs> Ned's one of our uh, our neighbours, right? He told me that he'd be on and be taking a few questions in the There's a couple of questions for him, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, to answer that one, Ned, what, what the best position for two people to be in a yard together? Mate, I'll be saying always working the eye and the side of a beast. So you're always constantly building trust from the side of it. Uh, from from a beast eye on the side of a mob, always building trust. And as soon as you get in behind livestock, that's where you sever the trust. So, uh, yeah, so cattle. If you look, cattle cattle are actually prey. All animals that, that are prey animal have uh, eyes in the side of their heads, and predators have eyes in the front of their heads. So, uh, yeah, as they're prey, we, we're not. Um, if we get in behind stock livestock, cattle, cattle because they think we're about to attack them. Because if they can, you can build a build trust and corridors and walls on the side of livestock while working the side of the side of a mob, if that answers your question, Ned. Yeah. And mate, coming off a off a dairy farm, are these principles you you used growing up or you you found you had to adapt yourself? Yeah, so uh, you're growing up on a dairy farm, um well, that's that's what I sort of loved, uh, you know, having a dairy farm of my own, or maybe uh, yeah, running one for someone. But um, 
Yeah, when when the dairy industry sort of collapsed, that's where um, in our past it was a like around the South Burnett, you couldn't. There was mass amounts of uh, of dairies there, so uh, there was plenty of work. But yeah, early early in the two thousands, I think when when the dairy industry went to uh, went south, um, and everyone sort of gave it away. We sort of I still love the livestock side of things, and um, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I still love the livestock and I still want to do something with cattle. So we always had a passion for cattle um, yeah, growing up through and we always had cattle close by and we were always, whenever we could get our hands on some cattle work, we were doing it. So uh, I think it just flowed through, but it much rather beef than um, beef than dairy, that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you have dogs around you growing up or was that something that sort of come later on with your job? Yeah, so so I always had dogs, and I always thought they were good dogs. But uh, I suppose just like anyone that that's never really been exposed to decent dogs, uh, you, you soon get a wake up call to say uh, you, you got to pet mongrels, really. <laughs> and I suppose that's where uh, that that's that's where uh, that's when I started here. So um, so so with the operation that I work for, we have we have a couple of different properties between Queensland and New South Wales. And, uh, and my boss also owns a helicopter company. So when I started here, it was, um, we'll, we'll send a chopper up and give you a hand because I was up here by myself at the time and I was up here by myself for about three years before we got our first worker. And it was always, uh, we'll, we'll send a helicopter up, mate, to help you out. And, uh, and what would happen was I'd book it in for the week. Uh, yep, they'll be here this week. And, and about three or four weeks later, I'm still waiting for that helicopter to turn up. And, uh, and we're scrolling through Facebook um, we're scrolling through. I come across a Neil McDonald um, uh, Neil Mc advertisement for a, for a school. It's only just down the road, and I, and I, I really liked what I was reading. I, and, uh, and I saw the price tag. Holy hell! Like, you know, what, what's this bloke now that I don't know? That <laughs> dogs here, that type of thing. Yeah, so. So Haley started googling a bit of the um, a bit of what his skills were about and a bit of Neil's work, and uh, and I got very interested. And in, I think I'll, I'll foot the twelve or thirteen hundred dollars um, at the time or whatever it was, and I think I'll go and have a look and see what he's all about. So um, yeah, that's, that's I always had dogs, but they were never dogs like that. And uh, I think the same uh, as it happened. To me at Neil's school, Neil, Neil sends you out there, and I, he says, "Mate, grab your dogs. I want you to move these cattle from this pen point A to point B, and do it as tidy as you can." And everyone goes out there and goes, "Holy hell, what's what's my who ring of a dog going to do now?" And um, so, so everyone sort of has a go, and there's cattle being, and there's cattle about to go through a, a gate, and a dog will fly around and block the lead, and, and this, that, and everything else, and everything goes wrong for everyone. You know, there's a few people there that have taught, got some good tidy work, and they'll get the job done. But uh, yeah, I, I was, I was not even keen. I think my first ever school with Neil, he, he said, "You're first. I said, "Oh no," <laughs> an idiot myself. And uh, I think I went last. But I probably should have went first. It was just as bad going last as it was going first. But uh, yeah, after Neil set everyone up and said, uh, "You're going to have a run." He then uh, he then released. Uh, I think at the time he had a dog named Tarzan, Marlin, and and a few of his older dogs that had probably never retired. 
and and the way he went out there and moved them stock, it, it just blew me away and got me intrigued. And uh, and and that that's where sort of my passion for dogs started there. So you know, I went to one of his schools and uh, uh, yeah, made a few few uh, on and got rid of a few and thought you know if I'm going to make a go of this, I I need to really up up the ante of where I'm at. So I went and bought myself a few dogs. <laughs> Good dog, better, better dog. <laughs> better dog. <laughs> so, do you do you remember your first dog, mate? Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I had a what I thought was not a bad dog. It's a red and tan Kelby. I got given uh, the old giveaway dog that uh, I always I'm always into people about not getting it all. But uh, yeah, his name and and he he could do a job to an extent, but. Uh, when I moved there, when I come out here and started working with this fellow, I was sort of down on dogs and and uh, and the boss's son-in-law, he, he um, gave me a dog and had a bit of breeding in it. And uh, and I think out of the six or eight dogs I had at the time, uh, I think she's the only one I've got left out of my original crew. So, uh, yeah, uh, whiskey and, and she'll probably be around for a long time. But she, she just does a good job and she's always there. It's sort of the go-to. Yeah, she's pretty good. How much have you learned from whiskey? Uh, well, she sort of, yeah, she, uh, she's taught me a lot. Yeah, without her, I would have been in a, uh, in a hell of a battle for a long time there, I reckon. So, uh, yeah, she got me out of trouble, but I was in the mind frame that uh, one dog can do it all. But uh, to her, to her, um, to her credit, she, uh, she was pretty handy and strong enough to get a job done. And but then Neil sort of introduced me to, um, yeah, at, at what what he calls it, a team of dogs. So. Said, oh, right. So I sort of went away and, and bought a few dogs and, and tried to build a team. And I think I think at the moment, I think between her and I, we're up to about eighteen dogs at the moment. But uh, I was only I was only talking to Neil last night, and he said, "Oh, how's all your dogs going?" I said, uh, "It's funny that Neil." I said, uh, we're, "We're sort of at a position where you know when we're travelling around, we always here for sale." I said, "We've got eighteen dogs." And I said, "I don't want to sell any of them." I said, "Just uh, just a real pleasure to have around." And um, and nothing shipped me off at the moment. So I said, nothing was out. And what we've got, we're, that, and you've done it so quickly. So uh, that, that's probably a big credit to, to Helen and Neil, too. I've bought a, bought, uh, I've sold a lot of dogs and, and I've bought a lot of dogs through Neil, and uh, whether it be off Neil or off Helen or, um, or through Neil. So yeah, what we've got has been really good. And what style or, like, 18 dogs, there's obviously a lot of different dogs within that. What sort of style are you guys finding suits you? So we, we just, um, so so with our country down south, we, we do a little bit of sheep work between the, um, when we head down south around Christmas time when we do our shearing. So, uh, yeah, I like a dog that, well, I don't sort of own anything that won't work sheep or cattle. I really like a dog that'll do both. Uh, and that's what we're sort of sheep and cattle. So I like a dog that can do that. Uh, we really like just nice flowing dogs uh, that can get out get out wide. And and I'd much rather feed two dogs, two softer dogs, and then have one uh, harder dog or something that wants to get in and bomb cattle at the time. I, I really, when people come to a school and they say to me, "Oh, he's more suited to sheep because he's soft." That my 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 that's the, they're the dogs I sort of like. I like the wider ones that 
they get in the right spot and they just they usher cattle around um, and they hold cattle by presence rather than fear. Uh, there's nothing I think more untidy than a dog grabbing hold of an ear or, or a hawk or a heel or a tail. I think it's just it's not on. And uh, and I think and we've had great success with girls, uh, you know, like um, or like that weenus girl. said not a hundred head here. And they all want to be around you. They all want to follow you around. And, and I said, not one of them have been bitten. So we didn't need the force. We're, we're massive. We love our bark. A lot of people can't cop it, but we love it. Uh, I don't like them barking on the chain or anything like that. But, yeah, when I ask a dog to speak and it barks, it, it makes me smile. And uh, just the, the complete difference in, in effect uh, over bark than bite is uh, it, it, it opens a few eyes, that's for sure. Do you want to talk? Do you want to explain uh, that to uh, us? Yeah, well, uh, a dog that I like. It's got uh, the bark over the bite. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Neil's got a really good way of uh, explaining his skills. He says uh, if if you're into horses, they say a horse's heart beats uh, when when a, when a mob of horses get together, they in they in they chime their heartbeats together. So if something is is attacked, its heartbeats lift, and then everything else lifts. So. Uh, it hasn't been studied on cattle, but I, I think I think Neil's onto something there. You often see when you when you see a dog uh, bite a beast, especially when you if you can identify a cattle and it's a leader. Uh, what I say is a leader is a beast that is out the front. That when it when it's moving, everything else is moving behind it. So there you lead cattle uh, in a mob in a trainer mob. You might have one leader, and we always identify that at our school uh, when when you're educating. Uh, when you're educating people, you need to say you need to look after your leader. Don't cross in front of your leader because as soon as you you start cutting your leaders off, their tendency is to stick their head back in the mob and you can't get any flow. So um, we like the, uh, just on the bark thing. We, we we find that if things bitten and especially if it's a lead a lead uh, animal, uh, something that wants to lead out, if it's bitten, it tucks its head into the mob and then you get cattle that scrum and you can't move forward. So um, I think uh, whereas if a, if a dog barks, if you've got a mob of 100 and a dog barks, the bark goes over 100 head. It's not directed at one single beast where a bite is inflicted on a single beast and, and it has an effect on a single beast, a leader. Uh, yeah, you can have a hell of a job. And, and it happens at schools all the time. I, uh, I go out there and I've got um, dogs that can cover and hold and, and move stock around and bark on command. So I have good success by in in the demos that we do and whatnot. But I say, I say to everyone, I say, we'll get a dog that'll come out here and it'll, it'll bite an ear or bite a nose and it'll be the leader. And the next minute you've got five head of cattle that you can't move. They're a lock-solid ball and you cannot move them. It doesn't matter how much they bite, they just get tighter and tighter. But I've I got a dog I got in danger and, and he's just, He's a Kelpie version of a Hunaway, and you can just send him around there and he'll bark his head off. And before long, the cattle realise that the bark, the bark's got a great effect on livestock. It can free them up and you can get cattle moving again. And and I bought Danger off Neil just for that is the bark. It, it, when you have a dog there that's, um, that's not really playing a game or it, it doesn't want to go to work, you can send Danger there and he makes a heap of commotion, heap of noise, and it can excite pups to work. But it, it, he's... Uh, he, he's Pulled me out of the shit a fair few times. Uh, that danger, like when when someone's dog goes out there and has a has a shocker of a runner, it goes flies around and bites things on the nose, and and then it smacks a heap of heels and grabs a tail and 
everything seizes up, and the only way that I found is to unseize those uh, is those, are those trainers is to get a dog that barks, send a dog out there, and have a nice run with the barking dog. And Yeah, so talking about barky, I was just gonna say it's kind of like a shockwave, right? Everything yeah, gets yeah, absolutely. Or one, or one at the front, yeah, yeah. We're, and from what I've seen, um, a bark's distributed over the whole mob, whereas the bites singled in on a beast, and and they don't like it at all. And and we we've had people come to our school just lately. Had a bloke from down the road, and he's in, he's got some collies and. And had some real what I call a sucker punch, you know, like the, the blokes down on the down at the in the valley or somewhere like that, you know, they're partying and someone walks up behind them and smacks them in the back of the head. I said, that's what your dog's doing to cattle. You, you know, it doesn't need to be on. It should be locked up. Um, that, that's how I write it. And 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 he went home and, and he's had um, he's gone out with the dog with no with no bark. Uh, they bite the bark, and he said the difference I've seen in my cattle is tremendous. So, uh, he, he, well, I've been a few people, but you can't bend them all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Mate, you've got 18 dogs there. We probably won't get through all of them. Do you want to tell yeah, us a little bit about your, your main few dogs there? Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, I, I, a bit a quick little background story. Um, to Neil. I did three or four schools in a row with Neil, and, um, and he kept going on every school. Oh, we need more people in the industry that will go out there and, and educate everyone else, you know, like uh, we, we need instructors. And, and I did four schools in a row, four, four schools weekend after weekend, a bit of travelling for me. And uh, and, I, and I, said, I said to Neil, get me on the right track, help me out and point me in the right direction. Um, I said, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be keen to have a crack. And, and uh, and uh, yeah, so we're we're at uh, Bark Old at Lara Wetlands, uh, about two o'clock in the morning. We're bobbing around the hot tub. It was a Sunday after school. We got a big hot tub up there, and we we're bobbing around there. We had a few ports. It looked like a sunk pirate ship. There was port bottles bobbing around the water everywhere, and, <laughs> and cans. And um, and uh, I ended up buying a a dog he had on the road with him that Helen sent up. His name was Frost. He was a tan head that um, Helen had trained and uh, so that was my starting point. I, I had some I had some handy enough dogs but I didn't really have that X-Factor dog where uh, and I think after buying Frost off um, Helen it just lifted my team. Uh, everything just got better and uh, so so Frost is one of my main dogs and and he's a, he can do anything. He's just a real pleasure to have around and he, he's got a bit of a, he's a bit of an old soul. He's only just turned two now but um, he's got all the good Good gear about him. He's got plenty of bark, and, and he's got plenty of. And he's pretty. Uh, he's pretty flashy to watch, and, and can do it all. He can do sheep and cattle. So, yeah, he's one of the main ones. And another one uh, is a dog that Jordan Donadell from down. Well, she was at Armadale. She bred him, and uh, I bought him at. Uh, gee, he might have been six months old, and he'd had a look at sheep, and I got him home. And he was. A, he's a bit of a big bricky-headed Kelvin and. Um, and he, and he sort of partnered up with Frost, and, and they sort of uh, got going together. And, and next minute, you know, I, I had two cracking dogs. So they're sort of my main two, um, and the dogs that I when I need a job done, whether it's a school or or sheep work or cattle work or anything, that they're the two that I always go to first. So 
there's all my main crew. And then I've got um, I've got a I've got a wedge of school dogs. So uh, unlike most training schools or dog schools you can go to, uh, we 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 take along a team of dogs that anyone can use. So you know, people always turn up and they go, oh, my, my dog works tremendous when no one's looking or no one's around. You know, he's never, he's never done this or they, they let it off the chain and it takes them across the paddock and it's chasing the horse or the, or the neighbour's chooks or something like that. And So so those people, they, they've come and they pay the money. So what I do is if your dog doesn't play the game, I'll lend you dogs of mine that, that I only own for school. So, um, yeah, so people can come and do all the exercises and when they go home they can uh, – they can progress through that they've been out there and done the actual exercise and and, and it's it like just just the balancing up um activities that we do at the schools a lot of people don't realize it was um very early we went to uh we, we did a field day at Tyro over near harvey bay and uh, we, we just explained the the instinct in the wild and why dogs bring stock too and um yeah a lot of people don't understand that so we do enough exercises and yeah, I, so, so i can't around it might be five or six dogs school dogs that that they sort of they they they're good for the way they get plenty of work and and yeah i, I bought a little bitch um named plum off neil uh or did, you know, 12 months ago and and she's a bit of the the class clown when you're out of school she you put her on the gang chain and she just like a fruit she looks like a helicopter goes round and round and round and nearly takes off and enjoyment out of me getting up her all day and smacking on the head with a pool noodle and telling her it's battles but I, I think you need like that uh she's got personality uh and then you let her go to work and she just yeah she just loves loves work and, and people fall in love with her and she's definitely not best dog but uh, the dog that everyone wants to own that's for sure so uh we, we got got a stream of pups we probably got in the 18 i i, I got I, know, I might have six, Daddy might have four dogs or something. So she's got her own little crew now and, and going very well. But yeah, we've got um, yeah, we've got a little wedge of pups coming along that uh, that we're we're just tinkering away with now. So we'll see. They're prom- progressing very well, I think. They, they go. Have you got a mixed team of kelpies, collies, or hunterways, or do you, you stick with the kelpies? What have you got there? So, so I've got, I've got. Uh, all, we're all kelpies. I mean, why, why do you only have kelpies and no collies and rah rah rah? But uh, I think it's a. Are you a forward man or are you a hold man? You either like one or the other, and and we we just like our kelpies. So, so uh, we're, we're a kelpie man, but I have got. A little, I have literally he's about forty kilos. So yeah, I've got a hunter stash away there that he he gets to run every now and again. He's great with the education of um of weaners and livestock and, and he's he's a yeah he's a bit of a good he's a bit of a good like he goes out there and barks and he does some pretty untidy things he's very awkward and uh yeah we we, we actually called him mate so after the tow truck off um cars <laughs> yeah 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 if you got young kids you'll know mate he's a bit of a goof goofball the old tow truck so that's cool, eh? I I like that. Um, <laughs> I, we were talking before about um, how you don't mind a softer dog. Rick Freeman yep. asks, do you have any techniques to boost the confidence of a soft dog? 
Or do you think softer dogs will always be a soft dog? Well, I think there is ways. There's definitely plenty of people out there that um, that like their dogs. You have walk-ups and different things like that. But I really like a dog that drifts wide uh, and, and gets in the eye of a beast and they can move like around um, you intend to. But uh, as in training things, I'd be uh, a good thing is, is labelling what a dog if if you know if your sense starts to walk in, you need to start um, labelling that the action. So if, if the dog's walking towards livestock, you should be saying walk in, walk in, walk in. And before long, if you're consistent enough, it will then correlate that command with that action. So um, yeah, I'll be uh, you, you can and, and it can be it can be your your positioning, it can be your tone of voice, it can be uh, you can g yourself up enough. It can also g your dog up enough and. and that's a lot to do when we teach our dogs to bark. If you stand there and go speak, 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 a lot of time they won't do it. But, but if you can lift your energy, you can get a dog to walk in uh, or bark or consistency as well. You've got to be consistent. But, but some dogs, some dogs want strength. And it's just, you've got to, you got to um, have, have the team of dogs. And if it's too soft, uh, someone else would love it. Definitely, you, yeah. You, you've mentioned you like dogs that get out there a bit. How important is natural cast to yourself? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we, we don't use a lot of, like, cattle are out wide. We can cast them a fair way. But, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not like these blokes that send them uh, kilometres or, or, like, an acre. Like you see, blokes they can send dogs for miles. We don't. We don't sort of do that. We, you know, we can get on a couple of horses and ride into a paddock, and and we've educated our stock in a way that uh, when we enter a paddock, the stock the stock will start drifting towards us. So we've only got to put in a ute or a bike or on a horse, and all our all our stock come to us. But, um, yeah, I've had dogs, and I had a I actually had a Baru dog. Uh, his name is Joker, and Gee, I could cast him a long, long way. But, uh, yeah, I, that was just, just a bit of a show-off thing, I think. But, uh, yeah, I could I could have the trainers. I could be way, way down on the on the short oats. And, and I could say, hey, uh, yeah, it's not really practical for what we do. Um, I can understand with sheep fellas or goat fellas or things. But what we do, we don't, we don't need these massive, big, long casts. If our cattle stretched a long way, I'd like to be able to send a dog up to the lead and slow a lead, keep the tail coming. Yeah, sorry, mate, we lost Laura for a sec there. Just, just going to get her back, back in here. Sorry. <laughs> but no, you're off. but uh, took, took all that on board. Um, how are we going there, Laura? All good. There's um, a question just come through before. And I think it's sort of relevant to what you were talking about oh, a few minutes ago about um, when you got that, you went to your first Neil school and you got a dog off him later down the track. Um, Isaac Days asked, yeah. would you recommend buying a going dog to get started? Oh, yeah, there you go, Isaac. Isaac's done a school with us. Yep. 
Uh, absolutely. They come to our school and they turn up this, they come to our second school and they got this little tiny pup. And, and I think it's, I think if you, if you've got the budget and, uh, and you can set a deal, that's, people often come to me and say, uh, and we always say, you know, after school, if anyone needs a hand to find a dog or buy a dog, we're more than willing to help because we're in a good group of people. There's always something, um, kicking around, but. To answer that question, absolutely. Go and get yourself not one dog, though. Go and buy yourself two good going dogs and then buy yourself a pup. So you can go out there and you can actually do a job You can and you can create owners. So um, you, can, you can touch up a few habits on the, on the two dogs you bought and then get, get livestock educated well enough that when your pup gets big enough, it can go to work. A lot of people get disheartened and, and they get lost. They go and buy this little pup. And all these weird things where oh, we don't start dogs till they're 12 months or we don't start dogs till they're two. I've got dogs in the kennel that my oldest dog's four. Uh, I've got a lot of dogs under two-year-old that I go there and educate numerous amounts of cattle. I've got two. They're only six and seven months. And yeah, we had, we, we I mustered seven, six or 700 head in today with them. So, you know, I, I want my dogs to be starting young. Um, and progressing through by 12 months. And I think definitely go set yourself a budget. I always get these people that come to me after school. I say, okay, yeah, I heard that you can help us out with a dog. Um, I want a dog that goes 13 paddocks back. It'll it'll get the 600 head out of there and then it'll shut every gate on the way through and yard them up, up for me. I'll say, oh, okay. Yeah. How much do you want to spend? And they say a 1000 bucks. <laughs> people need to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I looked at that Lucendale auction the, the other day on the weekend, and there's some, there some nice dogs in there. And uh, I think you know if you can if you can set your budget. And, and a fella actually come to our school didn't even own a dog, and he said uh, he came to our school, so he said on the right foot way forward. So what he, he did is he come and did a school, and another school, and he said I got ten thousand bucks. Can you find me two dogs? I said no worries. Found him two dogs. I got, I think uh, Neil lined one up, and we got one from somewhere else. And and um, and he rings me. Uh, how good of a move that was. So uh, yeah, he's starting to educate stock. He's over there at the Bunny Mountain. So uh, Bunny Mountain knows it. It's very steep. Um, and and he actually he actually knew a bloke that was killed there around Christmas time last year on a quad bike, and he came to our school because he said um, that that would be me. That the Fatality could be me, so he said I've got to find a better way to do it. And working dogs was it, so uh, two dogs, and then he bought a pup from there. So uh, and he set himself up, I think, and he's he's having a real win. Whereas a lot of people can get in this, I'll go and get a pup, and but they they don't they don't do the research, and then they end up with this uh, uh, homebred pup that that's uh, at a. They wait twelve months and they work, and then if they if they're still desperate enough, they'll go again. Because I think it's you know go and talk to the and people always ask the oh, idea breeding dog. I'd have a litter a year, maybe two dog breeds. There's plenty of people out there breeding dogs and, and know plenty more than us about breeding dogs. Go and, go and buy them for a reputable breeder. Yeah. Actually, I've got two questions myself. Um, one is how often yep. like, on the flip side of people coming out to your school, how often do you find people throwing pups in a scenario that's way above them? 
and they're actually just flooding their oh. dogs. Especially oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, and, and it happens all the time. We we always and we we've got to try and unravel the bad experience. In so people come to our school and they say, oh, "I just give him a little run on them fresh wieners that we got in last week and run over by four hundred head." And now I don't know why, for the life of them, the dog won't go near stock. That's the people come to our school and 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 we say to them. Uh, you know they do, they do really well on on our educated trainer more, and I say ah oh. so um, and 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 we've had great success with uh, creating a trainer mob and then selling the advantage of having a trainer mob and we say uh, on trainer mobs and we've sold a heap this year and uh, we we say you need to set up a situation where your dog's always going to win, not in front of the five hundred head that have never seen a dog before and then they get run over. So we say. Um, go, do you have a trainer? And they say, "Oh yeah, yeah. We, we've got we've got ten head at home, and they follow us around, and we bottle fed them. So they go and let their little pup off, and then next minute it gets kicked across a <laughs> flat or has a broken leg. Or it just people just don't understand the importance of a trainer, whether it be sheep, cattle, goats, any form of livestock. But uh, yeah, absolutely, people people that's how people have trained dogs. Just throw them in the deep end." And if they come out, yeah, swimming, then we'll keep them. If they don't, well, they don't. But you got to set the way to do that is with a trainer mob yeah. from a young. And that's it. People saying, "Oh, we're and not going to start a dog to Yeah, we get people saying we're not going to start a dog to us twelve months or two. So you can cop a kick, but you know, educate your livestock to so they don't kick or don't chew. And they move. They move. You walk around and you train them up. If it's good enough, it'll follow you. So this little six-week-old pup's walking around, thinks it's moving this five head by itself, and it, it feels like an absolute champion. So, it probably a question before uh, on on strength is, um, you know, some dogs are, are wild workers because they've been exposed to some sort of horrendous um, doing, and, and they just they find find safety out wide. So that's where they go. And- there's pressure and relief everywhere, right? And the dogs sometimes find relief for themselves out on those points. Yeah, absolutely. So I always hear the pressure relief thing, but it should be um, you apply pressure, wait for a response, then give the relief. But people always say pressure relief, pressure relief. But if you don't get a response, you don't give relief. And and I think I think if you've got dogs that are fairly well A grade dogs. They can start to feel a flight zone. They can set themselves. Um, they can either dogs can be too close and creating havoc all the time, or they can be too have any effect on the livestock. It can judge where it needs to be and how far off the mob it needs to be to be able to manipulate a mob in the direction you desire to go. So um, I, got, I got a little bit lost there, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I like the soft the dogs that get in the right spots. I, I really enjoy. Them. And on the flip of all that, Isaac has another question for you. He's asked, what's the best way to get started with dogs when having uneducated cattle? So, so come and do a school with us and we'll get uh, <laughs> get your dogs going. And, and I, I can't stress this enough, but people need to realise um, the trainer's available. 
and I think there was uh, there might have been six trainers in this mall, and one bloke bought three, and I bought three. So we set ourselves straight up. We take the trainers home that Neil's already educated and follows around, and uh, and I could start training dogs straight away. Whereas a lot of people need, to, you know, if you can if you can afford it, or if you if you're really keen enough to um, and create some good dogs and train good dogs and sell them for money or whatever you might want to do or just get job done. You can't do it without trainers. You gotta um, you gotta have trainers. So if, if you can't get trainers going yourself, you need to you need to put your hand in your pocket and buy some. And, and you, yeah, to answer that question, I'd be going to sheep because sheep um, can come around a lot quicker cattle, and you can offend sheep a lot more than you can cattle. Whereas if you got a rake and you turn it around, into, they seize up on you. And and you know, I get a lot of people asking, oh. I've done this and I've done that. How do I undo my bad work? So I said, you always got to look forward and walk forward. Whereas sheep, when you're doing a sit lesson, well, the way we do a sit lesson on sheep, you can offend sheep. You can walk back to them. You can climb over sheep and and do a heap of naughty things to them, and and they'll uh, they cop it every time. So you know, when you're doing a sit lesson and you want to shake a rake at a dog or something, um, it doesn't offend them. To answer that question, I've if you if you've got dogs that aren't all that um, flash and you don't have the dogs that can make a train them out of cattle, I'd be going and getting sheep and I'd be going and getting set up. Uh, make yourself a round yard, square yard, whatever it may be, and get yourself in a controlled environment so when a dog does something silly, you can get on away. You're not, you're not having to cut the dogs, cut one, cut a bear and it's, and it's doing the 500 metres down the paddock and you've got to try and catch it. So, yeah, go, go back to controlled control environment, I'd say sheep, and and, uh, and start working some sheep with your dogs and move on to cattle. You start yours on sheep? Yeah, yeah. So we, we have we have a few different trainer mobs here. We we always have our, our heifers close to the house. We have uh, every time we wean cattle, we always cut five out. We make a new trainer mob. Uh, that we've got at the moment, they've done two or three schools, and I always say to the vandals and the thugs and, and all that sort of stuff, and they got to get through life to deal with it, so they always turn out the best. But um, yeah, we are like, these, these little heifers at the moment, they're, they're, they're bloody they're a bit painful actually. We they got the free run of uh, packs out of the house, and in the middle of the night, the dogs will be coming, there'll be five trainers there drinking out of their water bowls, so. They're just getting a bit too good for us, so we might have to get out and start again. But um, yeah, we always start them on sheep, especially from a young age. And I like a I like a pup that you can get home and eight or twelve weeks old, and you can show it some shit, nice controlled environment where it's not going to get hurt. And then um, and once we feel it's safe enough, they go straight onto our, our educated cattle that don't have any equal charge in them. So you know, they can get hers. If, yeah, very, very far and few between. They do that, but where we always start them up, get them balancing up nice, and and get a. And I think the most important thing is a recall, being able to stop a dog uh, when it when it does something stupid. You want to be able to, um, yeah, you want to be able to pull it up and not let it get away with murder. Do that, I think, on yeah, sheep in a good controlled environment. Absolutely, mate. And someone that's so passionate about training stock and your dogs, how much time would you put into training your dogs? 
<laughs> yeah, so um, we, we've just we had a few schools uh, here at home, and um, you know we might go and might have 15 minutes with some pups, and two afternoon, two three and a half there, and uh, a couple of days before the school, I can tune some dogs up and get them right, and then I, I use uh, I use all my young pups and, and what I call my lane dogs or stooge dogs, so. Uh, often, often people come to my schools and they don't realise that they're, they're training my dogs for me. I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I go out there and I, I lend all my pups because dogs there that go out there and, and we do the exercise and they know it off by heart and they know how to do it all and they make, you know, they don't make people get in the right position or put their rake where it needs to be. So I let all these little little pups go and and the pups will try and cross you if you're not quick enough, or they'll. Uh, although I can't work one side of the mob, so I um yeah I like to I like to get people to uh, when schools on it's always good because we're training dogs at home. Uh, we might have two or three afternoons a week where we do fifteen or twenty minutes with dogs and play around. And um, yeah, we had a few schools here a couple of months ago, and there's a good little crew knocks now, so there might be six or eight or ten people that. Uh, all in, they come, they've come and done one or two schools, and they really enjoy it. So, on a Wednesday afternoon, um, yeah, they turn up here, and there might be ten minutes of dog trainers. I think that's, I think that's the actually train dogs, and, uh, have a bit of fun with it, eh? Like, uh, yeah, we get the sheep and cattle in for them, and they turn up at five o'clock, and everyone brings a bit of a nibble or a packet of chips and, and a few beers, and we have a good time. And, yeah, go till it gets dark and yeah, with that, people, people like come around. So we're a bit we're entertainers ourselves. We like to cook and put a show on for everyone. So. Beautiful. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, Ray Petroni's asked, what are your top five tips for starting a new pup? Uh, yeah, so, so I'll be saying uh, top five tips. Well, first of all, you need to set a budget. I think a budget uh, for a tip I could give is, is set a realistic budget. And I think budget for a well-bred pup that is um, is is going to twelve hundred dollars. So uh, that'll be my tip. Is and and and, and going just on pup selection when when you go on from a reputable breeder that's bred it, bred that litter a few times and you know it's going to work or the the Dog, the pups are falling at work. Uh, um, if you can see the dog, the mother and father work that thing, and if you can see the grandfather, the mother and father, that, that's a big tip. And it does go when you go and buy a pup of someone, go and see how their livestock are. If they're good and well educated, you know they got capable dogs. But if you turn up there and they they got bits and bobs and there's cattle banging off fences and running. Well, you know the dog's gonna be too, too too good at all. So, uh, yeah, if if I if I turn up someone's place and next minute there's a young young fellow getting around and he's got two or three dogs and he's bringing cattle in, there the, I'd buy a pup from that. That you uh, that that's another thing. You got to like what what you bought. You won't spend any time with it. Uh, tip two would be. Um, I always say to school is um, go and get yourself prepared before you've actually gone and got the pup. So these tips might be in a backwards order, but they're all good tips. 
I always, I always say, you know, people turn up, people go, go and get a pup and then they just throw it on the back of the ute and, and they, they book into a school and then the week before they school, they say, oh, yeah, I've got this new dog and yeah, I was just, and oh, I won't be able to make it to the school. But go and get yourself set up. Go and get, make sure you've got a pen at home, especially if it's a bitch and you don't want to have pups. Go and get yourself, a, 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 go and get yourself set up. Get a pen, you know, get a dog box for your ute. Um, get yourself set up so when you when you get the pup, you can keep it alive. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they don't set themselves. It's like it's like having a. Always oh, say it's like oh someone out. Someone's there always has a little baby, or has just had a baby. And I say, oh, I say, oh, say when you had that that baby, did you just throw it on the back seat or in the ute of the train and drive home and hold dogs? You know, they go, they go and get the capsule. They, they make sure the restraints are right. They put it, uh, they put a blanket over it, make sure it's warm. People have got to start putting a bit of pride and effort into what they do. Yeah, oh, gee, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> five tips is uh, a good dog. Uh, um, get yourself set up. You need to train them all. Train them all. Uh, tip two, three, four, and four, um, and uh, for, for I don't know, you know, I don't know. I could go on for ages. There's heaps of tips, but get a well-bred dog. Uh, get yourself set up and get yourself a trainer. More. I'll give you three, right? They're, they're my best tips, mate. Or, or if, if you don't, if, no, if you don't good. have a gun dog, go and buy. I was gonna say, what about expectation? Could you put that into your, your five tips there? Nah, realistic no, your dogs. Yeah, yeah, and, and people need to be realistic. Like, uh, yeah, there's plenty of people that, you know, I've, I've had people ring me. And say, oh, I, I, I want you to find me a pass. Huh? Okay, well, what do you want to do with it? Oh, you got to get a helicopter in every two weeks, though, mate. One dog's not going to help you. Especially, you need, you need a team of dogs. So, yeah, absolutely. You need ex. You need, um, you need what? What you you need to try and figure out what you're trying to do, and where you're trying to go. Get to. And, and um, you, you're right, Galera. I was going to say, there's another question here. Um, Scott Wilson's asked, at what age do you start taking dogs out to do real work away from the trainer mob? So, well, I never really take my dogs away from a trainer mob. I always, always take them out, and if they run a muck, I tie them back up and I make note of it. I, I then take it back to the round yard or, or in a controlled environment on the trainer mob and I adjust what it's done wrong and make sure it's not doing it, and then I give it a go again. So dogs at six or seven seven months old that are out there doing a, a day's work. But, um, it, but a lot of those dogs are very natural ability. I haven't had to train any. I've, I've just had a good streak of pups where I don't have to put much uh, effort into the training. So I teach them a name and I teach them a recall and, and they go and they get in all the right spots and they sit down naturally. And, and I'm really, really happy to have them. But, yeah, to answer that question is is you, you, you can't put a – and, and I know people that they, they want like a tick of approval to take a dog in a paddock. Because I think, you know, take it in the paddock. If it does something silly, take it back and address it, get it right, go again. And 
and go from there. That'd be my answer to that question: is take them out, get them right, go hard. Some advice that I give to people that come through here: you always got to be testing, right? And testing, and when somewhere if there's a failure somewhere, go all right, self-assess. Like, yeah. Where did where did the message go wrong? All right, let's let's go back a couple of steps. Yeah, we're we're in a silly spot. We we created the situation, or you know, we've in the wrong wrong position, and we've made the dog go there without realizing. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, they come through our schools and that um, they don't realize where they need to position themselves to get the most out of their dogs. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, you got where the problem the dogs are not, and it's. If we start thinking the dogs are the problem, well, I think it's a pretty sad day. Need to have a long look at ourselves. <laughs> Obviously, you see a few different people, a few different, some different stock. What do you think are a couple of things that people struggle with stock-wise? I think it's, you know, just uh, we, our second slide, we have a... PowerPoint. Our second slide is uh, the seven most expensive words in the lifestyle change away. And and if anyone comes in and tries to change that way, well, we don't want them. But um, I think people need to start realising there's better ways of doing things. Um, you know, we, we educated those 100 odd head last weekend in six hours. And they are out on feed. So, you know, uh, in six hours, six hours work with with some dogs, playing jingle bells to them on the radio, and and getting them they call quiet that way. But really, they're no better off than the first day they went in there. We we pulled cows calves off two days ago, and and they're in a big girl tonight. Um, we'll give them a, we'll give them a feed in the morning. Check them out, and if they're right. They They'll be out in the big paddock, so uh, yeah, it's just cheap. And it, it can be done. And if you can't do it, uh, pay, get someone to come and help you. Uh, a good, a good, a really good one. If if you've done Neil school, you'll hear him. You'll hear him say, um, "Say, oh, how did you get the people blown away by trainers?" You know, they stand there and they say, oh, how have I ever seen cattle that want to just stand there in, in a group of 25 people and, and they'll be there sniffing your legs and, and rubbing their heads on your ass and while you're there talking to the audience. I said, the only time we've ever seen the Outback Spectacular. <laughs> I said, well, this is how we educate all our cattle here. Where we are. And, and, you know, whether people don't realise whether it's five, 50, 500 or 5 uh, with with minimal effort and, and a good team. Um, I might have gotten off track a bit there uh, to the question. Yeah, I can't right. remember what the question was, but uh, the education process are outdated. Otherwise, I do think. And back on that thing that Neil says, I say, how do you get cattle like this? And he said, oh, I went to I went to Nutrien and there's a new called Surrender. And you know, you just give them a back <laughs> on it. And he said, You wouldn't believe how many people turn up and board. 
He said, I oh, don't, it's it's definitely not a deal with me. <laughs> livestock with me. So he said, you know, um, you know, and it's funny, people in the in in the frame they they rush out to, to pay eight dollars um to get they won't pay someone with a team dogs and come and do it for eight bucks. It's beyond me, I don't know why. There's more and more people starting to do it, so it's good. I know there's a fair few people sort of getting into the wiener education and and they're having good success, so good. Beautiful. Hey, Chad, Laura. I'm all good on this end, yeah. Ah, very cool. Mate, how about um, you talk about balancing up your young dogs and getting around. How do you go about putting sides on your young dogs? Yeah, so it, it, we just we just have it as consistency. So uh, we, what we do is we balance up dogs and, and we just, just – when we have little pups, you know, that, that, don't want to shut them down so we just we let them go for then is you can start to get a bit of control on your dog and, and neil's got a little saying um that it, that he recited is but well, i probably do know what it is i should know what it is but i don't um it's uh if you if you're consistent enough the dog will then correlate that command that action with that command so uh, for 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 our, for our sides and the dog it's uh, over and back uh, on a clock face. So over's um, clock. We just use over back and sit. Um, and if a dog, if a dog's traveling around, uh, balancing up on a mob and it's going over, well, we got to go over. And if, if it's coming, if we want to go back and it's going that way, we we, we go back. But uh, yeah, there's there's a few different techniques and, and different things you can send them right around a mob. And there's a there's a an exercise there where you can open and shut gates with your rake, you drop it. Um, yeah, we, we just use over and back, and, and we just we just level what the dog's doing. A lot, a lot of people. It's funny people they they, they play mind games with their dogs. You see a dog galloping across the paddock to get to the lead, steady, steady. Well, if you keep saying steady to a dog that's going flat out, it then correlates steady with go flat out. What we should be doing yeah. is go flat out, go flat out, go. Flat out. Flat out, and when a dog actually starts to slow down, we should be saying steady, steady, steady. Oh, all their dogs. There's a there's a girl up the road, and uh, she came to us going, and she was playing around with some sheep, and the next thing she she puts her hand up like this at her dog, like that, and she goes like this, and next thing she could get this back on command and stop on command. So it was something I haven't seen, and uh, and I thought she just fluked it. And uh, yeah, she, she can do it. So, you know, um, yeah. Well, I think you That's can be creative. Yeah. 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 I don't <laughs> And you mentioned before that um, you don't uh, know what No, I think, Sorry. yeah, I think, you know. Are you right? Now, you mentioned earlier that you don't breed a lot of pups, but um, you might have the odd litter or two a year. When you do, um, what have you got? What are you thinking about when you do that? Yeah, so I always just try and, like, uh, when I first started, I had a heap of mongrel bred, station bred dogs that are no good for anything, and, and they were just a hindrance, really. 
um, over being something that's useful. But, uh, yeah, we, we sort of built a good team and a team that's, you know, you can see a long line of genetics. So we try and match something. We try and match um, dogs. Uh, we, I, I listened to one of these um, Scott Amon ones the other day on, on this on dog, and he talks about line breeding. I think there's definitely something in it um, with that line breeding. If you want to, if you want to breed consistency, so uh, yeah, I always try and find something that's uh, with um, some sort of relation back along the line, a fair way. So, uh, but but again, we're we're definitely not dog breeders. Uh, we we might join up a couple of pups and we have some success here and there. And if they come out all right, well, we we'll go again. But um, yeah, we we just leave it to the professionals. We uh, we buy a lot of dogs and um, yeah. I just I'll leave it to the pros. I reckon that's their that's their art, and I just keep me nose out of it. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> How do you go about picking your own pup? Yeah, well, I've got this pro. Every school that I do, uh, Neil the Ring uh, pup always comes up and he says, oh, do you want a pup? I say, oh, yeah, well, what do you got? And he said, uh, yeah, i got a pup. I've got some pups out of this and this. And uh, I, 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 my, my selection process is, right, I know, I send me a pup, make sure Helen picks it. And uh, Helen's picked about three or four for me <laughs> now and all went really good. So I said, oh, I'm not going to change what, what I've started. So, yeah, why change what's not broken? That, that's my selection process. So I just say, tell yeah. Helen to pick it. Send it up. That's, worry. that's a game. I mean. <laughs> that. But I think, right, it's something that, I think it's something that that you're drawn to and, uh, and it's something that uh, is likeable. And I think if you like a pup, you'll put a bit of time and effort into it and, and you'll probably turn it in. Yeah, a lot of people get um, stuck in the trap of... Uh, is getting on a list of pups and then they get the dregs and they don't really want that pup or that they don't like the colour of it, and but they get it anyway and then uh, it turns out no good, whereas they should have just waited and got exactly what they wanted from the lines they wanted and from the people they wanted and uh, and gone on from there. They would have had a bit more success, I think. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Mate, and you mentioned that um, you're definitely not a troll person. Have you had a crack at any trolling? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had a go at the trial. I mean, I've got a few dogs here that I think, uh, I think that they, they, oh, they probably wouldn't win it. But yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be against the idea of having a bit of a play. Probably in the, in the middle of nowhere where no one's looking. If someone had a little course, I'd, I'd have a little play. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, I think it's impressive what they can do. I really like what you know they're and they're doing the big day out and educating stock. So that's what that's what I enjoy. Uh, but I definitely yeah, credit to them fellas that all the time and, and having good good success with it. Can I tell you a secret, mate? Yeah. yeah. You've, you've already got the fundamentals it. of training down every Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up with some good people around an empty. Right, having something to eat. Yeah. Trial's not much different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think if you you know, you I, I sort of run into a few people and, and throughout the schools and 
and talk to different people that are into the trial and then yeah, they, I think they all sort of say the same thing. They they go there and have a crack and they get get on the beers. Be all right. That's uh, that's just a good social network, mate. Meet like-minded people, yeah. see a few yeah. dogs. Um, but you know, we're not out there. Yeah. No one's out there running dogs for sheep stations, right? Yeah, yeah. If if you could have a if you did have a crack. Would you have a crack at mate? Was it sheep trialing, cattle trialing? Oh, well, the the dog I bought fell on that frost. I think, and he he's probably a bit more softer, softer type of dog. So I, I think yeah, I'd probably have a go at sheep. I reckon. I love cracking cracking him with some sheep. I reckon he'd go right. He'd be my pick. Actually, just uh, just on the back. He's of probably that. the only. You're right. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, I was gonna say he's probably the only dog that actually listens to me. He, the rest of these, I was <laughs> strong dogs, and, and uh, yeah, I think I've also I'd probably just close me off. I'd do the job for me, but uh, yeah, that, that's why I see, you know, actually, when I turn to city, these other, other boners, they got they, uh, they know what they're doing. I need to just shut up and get out of the way. I think. <laughs> I was just going to say, on the back of that, um, I believe um, there's been a few people up there that got a, got their heads together and actually put together a, a Queensland sheep yard trial and utility trial. So anyone up north, if you're, if you're interested, I think the president there is Callum Story. Give him a, get on board, give him a tingle and um, yeah, yeah. have see what it's all about and you might have some fun. Yeah, yeah I, I've never met Callum. I've talked to him a bit. Um, um, on Facebook, he actually bought a few of these these cracking hats. Uh, yeah, yeah, he added me to a Facebook page, uh, a trolling page. So yeah. if, if he gets something done, I'll get something done. Yeah, I'll be keen to go and have a watch and uh, maybe take a dog, see what happens. Yeah, mate. he's a good mate of mine, and um, I think he's uh, he's on the right path there. And anyone that's interested, get get on board, have a yarn to to him, and and support it can only grow with uh, people that want to have a crack, right? And, as we said, it's more about the social event and speaking with like-minded people. So any yeah. viewers out there, don't be shy. Yeah, and I think that that's an important yeah, the social aspect of things. We we actually, uh, a group of us put a, a mental health weekend on like this time last year, it might have been November, for a, for a fellow um, I actually never met, but... Uh, yeah, he was very big on on the wiener education and and the Neil McDonald stuff, and and we put a we put a big night on for um to raise a heap of money. I think we raised twenty two or thousand bucks. We had a big auction where we sold a heap of part service fees and and you know like just a network of people are really good. If you have got a question, there's always someone there to to try and answer, and, and uh, if you ever need help, there's always someone there to talk you through. So. Yeah, I think it's a good network, and, and I could only imagine that the trolling world would be very similar. No, absolutely, that's a fantastic cause there, mate. So, um, congratulations on being part of that. Yeah, no, it was a good, everyone had a good time, and uh, we, we're just probably a little bit busy this year. We, we wanted to do an annual thing, uh, but yeah, it was a good weekend. We uh, we set up a bit of an obstacle course, and, and we had teams of six or seven, and you had to. Yeah, the weave round barrels and then 
and do quarter bubble, half full bubble, and then pens of sheep up and load them in the back of a horse boat. And it was a bit of fun. The game. Everyone was on the beers by about ten o'clock, and had a had a good <laughs> had a good weekend. And then it rolled on into the night. We had a bit of music and uh, had a big dinner, and again, it's real good. That's awesome. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Man, obviously your enthusiasm for your livestock is passed on to your children. Yeah, yeah, we. You, you, well, we, we always had our. Um, yeah, if we're talking to anyone, I, I don't think if you if you're not um, if, if you don't think it's safe, you're getting the yards, well, they're probably not educated well enough. So, yeah, I, I, our, our oldest boy Ned, he's at school, but um, when 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 he can, he's always. He's he's, a, he's sort of my right hand man and right hand man and he's, he's always there to help me out. But you know they love it. They they live for it. They uh, fine. They never got bloody shoes on, but they don't <laughs> shoes. But they always have their bare foot with a dog and either train them off or doing something. So yeah, I think it's you got to keep the next generation going through. And the only way you can do it is to teach them and and have educated um, livestock well enough that. They can actually get in and have a go for themselves. And any advice for um, a young person coming through wanting to have a go in the agriculture world? Yeah, you got to put yourself out there and have a bit of a go and, and be prepared to work hard and um, and 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 talk to people. We'll find out, you know, where where the right places are to go and and who to talk to. And where to get a job and and be a bit um you know be a bit of a social butterfly and get around and and you just want to process big numbers you're probably better off going north but plenty of companies companies now that are introducing the the training methods and and they're, they're getting skilled up and they're um and they're educating livestock and, and different things like that so if you end up on a job like that i think so yeah, crack, and we need more people out there. Australia's, you know, um, you talk to anyone, they can't find workers. So if we can give someone a good experience and get them into the industry, uh, why not? Great advice, mate. Great advice. Mate, if there's um, someone or a couple of people you'd like to see us sit down and have a chat with on a dog talk, who, who would they be? Uh, well... Actually, yeah, I um Neil and and I class him as a bit of a king of the industry and the livestock industry and, and what he does. So, uh, in my eyes, he's the king, and and I think we should be sitting down with the queen. So I think uh, I think we should be getting Helen on and having a good yarn to her because uh, yeah, actually, I actually never met Helen personally, but I've talked to her on the phone and always queried her. I've sent her messages and different things like that. Um, she's always been very helpful, and, and anyone that I talk to that knows Helen, they tell me that she's a. I might get shot, but she tells. They tell me that she's a better dog. So uh, she's, she's got a different, a lot of different approaches and things like that. So yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be able, I reckon, or yeah, uh, yeah. or someone else. You could be. Um, they're sort of out of it now, but, but um, Courtney Robinson. And uh, Tom Luck, if you could get on to them guys, they've been doing some real stuff up north there, so I think they'd be a good one to talk to as well. And when I first started out, after my, my first schools, um, yeah, I approached um, 
Tom, Tom Luck, uh, and he was very helpful. He set me in the right direction, told me how to talk to with dogs and, and, and getting around some good dogs around me. So I think, yeah, I think he'd be a good one to talk to. Very passionate. Cool. On the list. All right, so time of the night, mate. Um, was there a question that stood out for you tonight and they will win a bag of enduro high-energy food for working dogs? Yeah, I probably think um, that I think it was Isaac that was the one, you know. Um, I, I know Ryan, he's done a few schools, and, and, and I think that's a real good question, you know. Like, what's some good tips on, on getting things started? And uh, yeah, I think, you know, on the five tip, I'm going to be the, yeah. Beautiful. Closely second by um, <laughs> Get in contact with us, Ray, um, and we'll get those details from you. Um, and then we'll get your bag of enduro off to you. And, and Tom, um, for being the guest, you'll also get a bag. So um, we'll get those details off you in a bit. One last question. Um, yeah, legend. <laughs> one last question. Would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or 20 horses the size of ducks? Uh, yeah. I'm always a bit stumped with this question, but I, I think I, I think I like a challenge. I'll, I'll take the take the big duck on. Yeah, why's that? <laughs> he froze up at the right time. Then didn't have to give an answer. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I'll take I'll, uh, challenge. I reckon I'll take the duck. The size of a horse, I reckon. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. and why would you take on the one duck? Yeah, well, just like a challenge, you know? Big, big, give him a crack. Just like a challenge. That's the guy. Mate, thank you very much for your time tonight. Uh, really enjoyed the chat. Um, know you got a couple of young ones there, like myself there, so I know the hassle it is to uh, put them in bed early on a Tuesday night. So uh, I'd like to thank yourself and Hayley for, for giving us some time. Yeah, no, yeah, thanks for the invite. And uh, yeah, I had a good time. I think, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's, I think uh, everyone needs to hear a different perspective all the time. And, and we always encourage that with our schools is come and do ours and then do as many others as you can because you'll get something from everyone. Same sort of thing. You talk to people and, and ask questions that you're not always comfortable asking. And, you know, the silly question is the one that. Um, That's some great advice and to all our viewers out there thanks for tuning in tonight and uh, listening back on uh, later when you're singing a tractor in the car and please remember we learn every day and the day we stop learning will be a sad one for all of us thank, thank you, you.